WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, here's Noam Layden on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. WABC News Time, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is March 3rd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun and clouds today, high 45. Then tonight it gets kind of messy. Cloudy, windy periods of rain, low 41. Saturday morning showers, high 46. And then Sunday sunshine, high 53. If you're walking out the door with us, and so happy you are, it is 35 and cloudy. So much to get to. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno, he's your numero uno. Uh, so many stories that I'm not going to tell one of my dopey stories to start the show. I'm just going to get right into the headlines. The top five at five. George Santos finds himself in a heap of trouble again. A hunter makes a big mistake. The mayor of Topeka goes after Mayor Adams. New Jersey wants to take away wet wipes. And an annoying dude takes out his violin on a Southwest flight. All right, let's get right into it. WABC News Time 501 will go up to Westchester and in particular Eastchester. Cops searching for a man who stole a car that had a three-year-old inside. This took place um, uh, right in the middle of town. This is, you know, sort of a Tony Pricey town. The owner of the car was escorting one child to a nearby bus stop. So this wasn't one of these things where the mom ran in to get groceries and left their kid in the back seat. I mean, that's always not a smart move. She had gone like, you know, 100 feet away to drop her kid off at the bus stop, left another kid in the car, and someone jumped into her car and drove off. We're close to the Bronx River Parkway. Uh, You have people who are sometimes walking around from other neighborhoods or someplace else, and they're going to case out neighborhoods. It's a surprise. I've lived here for over 60 years and it's been a safe neighborhood. Yeah, I think it still is. You know, this guy just took advantage of a moment. The thief drove for a few blocks before he stopped the car and then took out the child. And then he looked around and he saw that there was a lot of people watching him. So then he jumped into another car, uh, maybe somebody he was working with. We still don't know because this guy's still on the loose. Good news here car's okay. More importantly, the baby's okay. Nothing happened to him. WABC News Time 503. Mayor Adams coming under fire from the mayor of Kansas's capital, the state of Kansas, for some recent comments he made. Let's get the latest on that from WABC's Alex Barnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex. Good morning and happy Friday, Noam. Right back at you. Thank you. And yes, well, as we all know, Mayor Adams made some headlines earlier this week while speaking at an interfaith breakfast, suggesting that if schools hadn't gotten rid of the practice of prayer, we would have less school shootings. But that's not the only headline that came from this story. He's now coming under fire from the mayor of Topeka, Kansas, for this comment. I strongly believe in all my heart 
God said, I'm going to take the most broken person. And I'm going to elevate him to the place of being the mayor of the most powerful city on the globe. He could have made me the mayor of Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, of, of course, this isn't the first time Adams has taken shots at the Sunflower State. Here's some comments he made a few months ago during a press briefing. New York has a brand. And when people see it, it means something. You know, when we go there, it's not a, Kansas doesn't have a brand. Now, Topeka Mayor Mike Padilla responded, saying the most important lesson he's learned as mayor is the value of humility. Quote, I've personally visited New York City on numerous occasions and have always spoken highly of New Yorkers, never stooping to assumptions or stereotypes. And I'd invite, I'd invite the mayor of New York to get to know our beautiful city and its people before casting judgment on a community he seems to know little about. Uh, you know, Mayor Adams is right about this. I mean, you know, New York City is New York City. And when right. you think of a place that's awfully boring, I would think Topeka, Kansas, that's probably the first thing that would come to my mind. Exactly. Capital of the world versus capital of Kansas? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. WABC Newstime 505, Meyer Adams unveiling an agenda aimed at improving mental health across the city. Held a press conference City Hall yesterday. This plan is the next step on a long journey to sentimental health and human well-being at the core of our city. The plan focuses on family and child mental health with New York City launching a telehealth program for high school kids and youth suicide prevention programs. Adams also plans to expand mobile treatment to help mentally ill and to strengthen crisis response system across the city. And as we recover and rebuild, we have come to a deeper understanding that we must focus on the brain as much as the body. You talk to teachers in school, they will tell you there is a serious mental health problem going on in most schools across uh, the tri-state. Probably a fair amount of it has to do with what happened during the lockdown, during the pandemic, but social media, of course, playing a part into that as well. And while we're talking about Mayor Adams, he's doubling down on his religious beliefs. Adams says it's never been a secret that he's a man of God telling New Yorkers and Americans to stop being afraid of telling people that you believe in God. If you don't agree with me, that's fine. If you want to be an atheist, that's fine. But those who believe in faith, because I'm calling for all of us to do something I believe we need to do, it's time to pray. So these latest statements come after he made some comments at a religious breakfast where he suggested that he did not believe in the separations of church and state. I don't know that he went that far. He said, my beliefs are that maybe a little prayer could help out, maybe take some of the guns out of school. And so people like the ACLU, the New York's, uh, the New York ACLU went after him saying he didn't understand the separations of church and state. I don't think that was the case here, but here's more for the mayor. I would not be the mayor of the city of New York if it wasn't that God saw something in me. Yeah, so Adam's uh, doubling down on his religious beliefs. I've never made it a secret that my spirituality guides the humanitarian response that I do. Not really sure why that bothers people, but apparently it does. So the House Ethics Committee, formerly investigating embattled New York Congressman George Santos, members announcing the unanimous decision to set up a panel that will determine 
if Santos broke any laws during his 2020, uh, 2022 congressional campaign, constituents, some of the people who voted for him, others who did not upset that he's still there. They still calling on Santos to resign. This is so, so outrageous. He obviously is disturbed. And right now, District 3 has no representation. If you haven't been following this story, and I don't know how you have missed it, but, of course, Santos lied about most of his backstory and a bunch of other things. The panel will also probe if he failed to properly disclose information on statements he filed with the House or violated federal conflict of interest rules while working in a financial role. I hope he should realize that he's not wanted that the people of this district were defrauded and that he should resign. It's the proper thing to do. This House panel will also try to figure out if he engaged in sexual misconduct with a prospective employee in his congressional office. WABC News Time 510. A New Jersey state trooper, we were doing this story when we came on to the air yesterday. You'll remember the state trooper shot in Patterson, took a bullet to the leg. The search still on for two of the gunmen that were involved. The state trooper, thankfully, is going to be okay. Here's the mayor of Patterson. This is brazen. This is unfortunately the warped world we live in where people are shooting at cops. Trooper was on duty in his car when he was shot in the leg. Just before one in the morning, neighbors reported hearing about a dozen shots at the scene. State police say the trooper was able to apply a tourniquet to his wound. He did it himself before fellow troopers got to him and took him to the hospital where he underwent surgery. Governor Murphy says he spoke with the trooper late yesterday. He said he seemed to be doing well. well what led to the shooting? That's not clear. WABC News Time 511. New York City's public sector nurses demanding a fair contract. You'll remember the nurses went out on strike earlier this year. It was the end of last year into this year. Now a public sector nurses are demanding a contract. Dozens of nurses holding a rally last night outside Harlem Hospital. It's one of 11 city-run hospitals where nurses' union contracts expired on Thursday. This comes on the heels of a strike victory for the private sector nurses. Public hospital nurses are calling on the city to pay them the same wage as those who work in the private sector. Our private sector brothers and sisters are at their base salary is approximately nineteen dollars to $20,000 more than any staff nurse in New York City Health and Hospitals. The city needs to agree to pay parity. And the city in a tough position because there's just not enough nurses to go around. They will have to negotiate with these nurses. A spokesman for New York City Health and Hospitals says it's looking forward to negotiating a new contract. Columbia University dropping the SAT or ACT score requirements for undergraduate admissions. This is huge. Columbia of all schools dropping that SAT requirement. There's been a bunch of other schools that have already done this. If I'm not mistaken, Columbia would be the first Ivy League school to do so. So um, we talked to some students up there on the Columbia campus about whether they thought this was a good idea. And, of course, what did they want to do? Recite the scores they got on their SATs. Yeah, like I took the SAT and the ACT, 35 and a 1550. 13-something on my SAT. Uh, I really struggled with that. I took it like five times, and I never did good. But I submitted my ACT, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I got like 13-something. I don't know what I got on my highest thing, though. I think I, I took the ACT. I think I got like 35. I took the SAT. I think the highest I got on that was 14-something. 14 14-something. 14 Can you imagine <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I won't even start to recite my scores, which I don't exactly remember, but I know they weren't very good. There's been a long debate over whether students who do not have access to tutors or test prep or who don't perform well in pressurized time tests have been at a disadvantage with the SAT and ACT testing, and that's why so many schools has dropped it. But uh, Columbia, that's a big deal that they're dropping that SAT test. WABC News Time 513. A Connecticut hunter told authorities that he killed and skinned what he thought were two coyotes, but later discovered they were a Connecticut family's pet German shepherds. I mean, really? How could you make that mistake? He's been charged now, as he should be. During a hearing in Danbury Superior Court, the 61-year-old says he was ashamed of what he did. Animal rights advocates were at this hearing yesterday. They say he should be charged with animal cruelty as well. But he says it was just a huge, huge mistake. The owner of the German Shepherd spoke out as well. It's, It's been devastating and very stressful and... Nothing that we would want any family to go through. Danbury State Attorney David Applegate says the case is still being investigated and that more charges are possible. We're getting in some breaking news right now at 514. A man was shot in the head while pumping gas in the Bronx early this morning. The incident happening at a golf station on 175th Street. This is what we're being told. Multiple officers on the scene, a gas pump seen lying on the ground next to what is a white Range Rover. Officials saying a 51-year-old Brooklyn resident was simply pumping gas when he was shot in the face. Now he's at St. Barnabas Hospital in critical condition and fighting for his life. Authorities investigating if this is an attempted robbery, but right now it's unclear exactly uh, what took place. Uh, Some gunmen ran off from the scene, and uh, police say they promise us more details before the morning is out. WABC News Time 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Justin Alex got the morning off, but Ken Connolly is here. Well, thank you, Noam. Good morning. Happy Friday. Only one local team was in action last night with the Rangers falling to the Senators 5-3 to in Patty Kane's debut game. Vladimir Tarasenko gave the Blue Shirts the 3-2 lead in the second period, but unfortunately they could not hold on and they gave up three goals in the third to ultimately lose the game. Senators forward Derek Broussard scored twice against his former team in his 1,000th career game. Rangers head coach Gerard Gallant had this to say about the loss. The bottom line is when you play a game of hockey for 60 minutes, you got to do more stuff than just make the real nice passes. we got to reset some pucks. we got to get better forecheck and more pressure. We made some, like I said, there was good chemistry, and they made some really good plays. The Islanders will drop the puck against the Red Wings tomorrow at 1230 from UBS Arena, and the Devils are in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights tonight. Puck drop is at 10 p.m. As for the teams on the hardwood, the Knicks look to stay red hot and win their eighth straight game as they take on the Heat in Miami. Tip-off is at 8 p.m., while the struggling Nets will take on the Celtics in Boston at 730. Here with your news hour sports update, I'm Ken Connolly for 77 WABC. All right, apparently they in New Jersey want to take away our flushable wipes. We'll get into that story. An annoying guy with a violin on a Southwest flight and Amazon workers complaining again that they're not allowed to use the bathroom. We'll get into those stories and more, but first at 518, here's Lou Dobbs with a check of Wall Street. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. 
Wall Street closer to posting weekly gains. All three major indexes higher yesterday. Positive earnings from Salesforce and Macy's leading stocks higher. The Dow Jones Industrials gaining more than 300 points. Non-manufacturing PMI forecast down again in February. Economists targeting a 1.2% decline in services this month. This after an unexpected rebound in January. Micron Technology, the latest tech company slashing its headcount. Micron CFO said its workforce will be reduced by 15%. Micron lowered its current quarterly outlook and the stock down 2% for the week. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 519. Governor Kathy Hochul promoting her New York housing compact on Long Island yesterday. She was in Patchogue highlighting this program to address New York's housing crisis by building 800,000 new homes. And she says new homes have to go up where there's lots of jobs. And she says one of those places is Long Island. When you stagnate, you die. And that's what can happen in communities that don't embrace the opportunity to say, guess what? People want to be here. The employers want to be here. Businesses want to come here. But where are the employees going to live? Some GOP lawmakers on Long Island don't want all this housing in their backyard. This should not make anyone afraid. Because obviously, when a train came through your community, it increased property values, the value of the community, access to people to good-paying jobs. It changed people's lives. WABC News Time 520. Let's go out to New Jersey. This is kind of a crazy story. Non-flushable baby wipes. Apparently, this is like a big deal. They clog up pipes and sewers all over the place. So there is a lawmaker in New Jersey who wants to ban them, like take them off the shelves and would go as far as finding stores that continue to sell them. Uh, this uh, state senator is Joe Cryan. He's from Sayreville. He spoke to News 12. And frankly, when they come together like this, they're almost like granite. All right. So it's not something you could simply hose off or things like that. They take a extensive hand work to, to actually remove. So Cryan apparently knows a lot about this because he is the executive director of the Middlesex County uh, Utilities Authority. So he's seen a lot of this and he says he's sick and tired of wipes causing clogs in septic and sewer systems. So under his bill, stores would face fines of up to $10,000 for selling wipes. It would not be an offense, though, to keep some wipes in your own pocket, apparently. I'm a grandfather of a one-year-old plus, you know, five other, four other grandchildren and one on the way. Not taking on that lobby by any stretch of the imagination. If you want to be a legislator in New Jersey, you learn to compromise pretty fast. But maybe, hopefully, we can get manufacturers to address the issue. Now, the people on the streets in New Jersey, they think this is all sort of silly. It is silly. I have kids of my own, so I don't think necessarily we should... Go ahead and ban it. Hello, so then what else are you going to use? It's easy, more easy to use a toilet paper for the babies, which will be soft for their skin too. I think it should be banned. So it's been a week of a lot of bathroom stories. We did those public restrooms earlier this week. Now there's flushable wipes. And then there's a story out of Connecticut where yesterday Amazon warehouse workers went before the state legislature to complain about how they're being treated by Amazon. And one of the things they complained about is they're working so hard that they don't have time to go to the bathroom. So it's just so unfair 
they're not being fair to the workers. They cannot go to the bathroom. They work 10 hour shift four days a week. At Amazon's massive fulfillment center, it's in North Haven. Workers can ship up to 12 million orders a week. <laughs> That's a lot of orders. And they say they're just working too hard, but I guess you go find another job if you're working too hard. No. Every day I come into work at Amazon, I mean, push the edge to meet these quotas. Amazon literally fires every day. You hear people losing their job because they didn't understand what happened because you don't deal with a person, you're dealing with an app. State lawmakers proposing this thing called the Warehouse Workers Protection Act would require companies to clearly explain production quotas in writing. And those quotas could not prevent employees from taking meal or bathroom breaks. They say that might solve the problem. WABC News Time 523 up to Westchester. Growing concerns in Westchester and Dutchess counties about coyotes. After an Ardley's woman, Ardsley woman and her dog were attacked last week by a coyote. Here's uh, what, uh, what it sounded like. Seamus was in the jaws of the coyote in the middle of the street and he was shaking him to kill him. He uh, leaned on his horn. It startled the coyote. He dropped Seamus. Seamus is a multi-poo who was in the veterinarian hospital recovering. Thankfully, the dog's going to be okay. But as you might guess, people are a little freaked out. This happens this time of year, it seems to me every year that you get these coyotes walking the streets. But apparently this year it's a little more intense than other years that people have seen them in the middle of the day. That's a little more frightening. And so uh, be careful. Seamus was in the jaws of the coyote in the middle of the street and he was shaking him. Yeah, well, you just said that. A neighbor uh, honked. That's what stopped uh, that dog from not being killed. There have been multiple coyote sightings in Scarsdale. Two coyote attacks reported in Poughkeepsie where a Marist college student had to get rabies shots after being bitten in the leg last month. WABC News Time 524. A new photography exhibit here in the city, remembering the hardships Broadway faced during the pandemic. Because we've endured so much and come through the other side, um, you know, we really need to honor everything that we've been through. This is apparently a pretty cool exhibit. Photographer Mark Kornbluth started shooting desolate theaters in the spring of 2020 through the winter of 2021. The photos don't have any people, them just shuttered theaters within an occasional marquee. The exhibit Dark will be on display at the Cavalier Gallery in Chelsea through April 15th. Okay, let's go down to South Carolina. Did you foul this Alex Murdaugh trial? A jury finding him guilty of double murder of his wife and son. This was last night. The lead prosecutor, Creighton Waters, says the verdict shows murder will not be tolerated in South Carolina regardless, uh, regardless of who you are. Justice was done today. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter how much money you have or people think you have. It doesn't matter what you think, how prominent you are. If you do wrong, if you break the law, if you murder, then justice will be done in South Carolina. The once wealthy, high-profile South Carolina lawyer was also convicted of two counts of possession of a weapon during a violent crime. The prosecution claimed Murdoch was about to be exposed for stealing millions from his clients and then committed the murders to gain sympathy. The jury came back from deliberations within hours following weeks of testimony that was on all the news networks. Uh, he admitted lying to police about his whereabouts the night of the murder, stealing money from clients, and that he had a drug habit. However, he had insisted that he had not killed his wife and son. The jury did not believe that. He sentenced, uh, set to be sentenced this morning, faces 30 years to 
life in prison without parole for the murders. His lawyer says, of course, he's disappointed in this verdict. I mean, we're very disappointed in the verdict, but it should not be appropriate to make comments until after the sentencing. After sentencing tomorrow? Yep, that'll be the plan. About the biggest story in South Carolina and, well, for the rest of the country, lots of people had their eyeballs on this trial over the last couple weeks. So much more to get to on this Friday morning. A lot more, including a couple stories from uh, down south. We'll hear about the latest on Ron DeSantis making a visit to Iowa, of course, raising the idea that he's going to run for the White House. What do you think about the new rules in Major League Baseball? Some people sounding off about it. And a former New York City firefighter coming to the rescue when flames and smoke broke out on a Spirit Airlines flight. We'll get that and more but first this at 529 talk radio 77 wabc it's the 77 wabc news hour talking the news with gnome laden all the news you need to know with joe nolan traffic justin ellick sports lou dobbs business and now here's gnome laden on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. 531. Good morning. It is Friday, March 3rd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun and clouds today. High 45. Tonight and overnight, messy, cloudy, windy, periods of rain and snow, low 41. Saturday, we'll see uh, some intense showers. High 46. And then Sunday, sunshine, high 53. If you are walking out the door with us, and so happy you are, it is 35 and cloudy. So much to get to in this final half hour as we work our way up to sit and friends in the morning. And one of the stories is one that just broke as we came on the air this morning. A man shot in the head while pumping gas in the Bronx early this morning. The incident happening at a golf station in the Bronx, East 175th Street. Officers racing to the scene. A gas pump uh, can be seen lying on the ground next to a Range Rover. We're being told a 51-year-old Brooklyn resident pumping gas when he was shot in the face. Was it targeted? That we don't know, but we know this 51-year-old in the hospital, St. Barnabas, in critical condition, fighting for his life. Authorities are investigating if this was an attempted robbery, but right now at this hour, that is all unclear to us. Let's go out to... Ohio, East Palestine, of course, the town that has been in the news since February 3rd when that freight rail train derailed. Chemicals spilled into this town, residents of East Palestine, Ohio, letting officials know last night they're tired of hearing how good the air quality is and they want immediate help getting away from the contaminated area. This is not something we asked for, sir. I'm begging you, by the grace of God, As we have played for you over the last couple of weeks, people with hoarse voices, uh, men, women who had either deep or high voices totally changed. People having issues with breathing, with their hearts, local residents sharing those experiences, hardships, fear in the after month uh, of what now is a month old. Right. Today's March 3rd. This happened a month ago and people stay. They're still sick now. We are sick we're very sorry. We feel more from that. That's the CEO of Norfolk Southern who did attend that meeting last night. And, of course, there are train derailments on a regular basis across the country. But now you can imagine when people hear about this happening in their own backyard, they say, hey, 
could this happen here in my town? There was one in Florida that uh, officials are watching very closely. We're not going to offload that tanker. They want to upright it with the product on board. And they think they can put it back on trucks once they have the bypass built. And they can put it back on a frame and just take it back down south to Fort Myers area. Yeah, so this was in Manatee County this week. Uh, uh, train derailed. Uh, there were some cars that had some stuff that was questionable. And We've um, taken all our factors into consideration, more specifically public safety, which is our primary job. And all I can reassure the public is through our presence out there constantly that we are on top of the situation and we have hourly contact with these folks and know exactly what's going on. Yes, yeah, so people in that neighborhood, of course, asking a lot of questions. Not surprising. Back to Ohio, where Governor Mike DeWine urging President Biden to visit the site of the toxic train derailment in East Palestine. Look, he should come. There's no doubt about it. The president needs to come. Uh, the people want to see the president. He should be there. He says he's been in touch with the White House. Well, last time I, I talked to him, actually, he, you know, he was in Poland. Uh, so he called me directly. I've talked to him several times. I do talk to the White House, uh, you know, on issues, things that we're trying to get done. So yesterday, reporters were asking, hey, are you going to visit East Palestine? What's the, this is what the president had to say. I've spoken with every official in Ohio, Democrat and Republican, on a continuous basis, as in Pennsylvania. I laid out a little bit in there what I think the answers are. We put it together. No commitment, right? Didn't hear it there that the president was going to visit. WABC News Time 535 Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell laying the blame on Democrats for rising crime across the nation. Today's Democratic Party has made a deliberate decision to make public safety and innocent citizens a lower priority than repeat criminal offenders. McConnell on the Senate floor yesterday say residents in cities such as Chicago, New York feel unsafe. He says Democrats are not doing enough in those cities to take care of them. SpaceX Crew 6 mission, they finally got off the ground yesterday. It was a few hours after we came on the air. Liftoff from the Kennedy Space Center. On board two NASA astronauts, a Russian cosmonaut, the first long-duration astronaut from the United Arab Emirates. The crew going to spend six months on the International Space Station working on all different kinds of projects. Seven crewed missions over this last three years. So just phenomenal effort and progression by the team. Not much detail exactly what they're working on. They say they promise they will share that with us in the coming weeks. WABC News Time 536. President Biden will welcome the new German chancellor to the White House today. We're proud of the collective efforts that we've taken together to provide Ukraine with the capabilities they need. Yeah, they'll talk about Ukraine. That's national security spokesman John Kirby says they'll discuss a range of issues, including continuing to provide support to Ukraine as it fights Russia's invasion. Kirby says they'll discuss what Ukraine will need in the weeks and months ahead to stop Russia. The two countries recently agreed to arm Ukraine with tanks. President Biden's going to welcome German Chancellor Olaf Scholz uh, here to the White House to discuss our bilateral cooperation on a range of global security and economic issues. And that meeting will just happen in a couple hours from now. WABC News Time 539. Let's go down to Florida. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says he's not sure an endorsement from former President Trump means as much today as it once did. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think our voters always make their own decisions. 
In his new book, the potential GOP presidential nominee says he knew a Trump endorsement in 2018 would expose him to the GOP and Florida primary voters. So he welcomed it. Trump has said DeSantis would never have been elected without his support. When I wrote that in the book about the consequential, the fact is there was a big difference between me and my Democrat opponent 2018. I mean, you, you couldn't probably have been any different. Yeah, so DeSantis making his way to Iowa, which, of course, is raising more eyebrows. The thought is, of course, he's going to jump into the race for the White House, which he has not officially done yet. WABC Newstime 540, Biden administration demanding Russia release former U.S. Marine Paul Wheeling. Remember, we got Brittany Griner back, the former WNBA basketball player. Well, actually, she's back playing again. But now uh, the Marine, he's been stuck there much longer in the Biden administration, out reaching out to Russia again, saying it's time to release them. There is a proposal on the table. We want the Russians to take it. For Secretary of State Antony Blinken confirming the U.S. is in talks with Moscow about bringing Paul Whelan back home. I also raised the wrongful detention of Paul Whelan as I have on many previous occasions. The United States has put forward a serious proposal. Moscow should accept it. Blinken in uh, New Delhi says the U.S. is determined to bring all unjustly detained American citizens back home. Whelan detained back in 2018. Boy, he's been there a long time when Russian authorities suspected he was part of an intelligence operation. We're determined to bring Paul and every other American citizen who's unjustly detained around the world home. We won't rest until we do. WABC News Time 541. President Biden is through with a meeting with Senate Democrats on Capitol Hill. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer spoke after the meeting yesterday. We believe we can get a lot of good bipartisan stuff done in these two years. We are filled with unity, optimism, and optimism about 2024. Reports coming out of the meetings that the president told Democrats he would not veto a Republican effort to repeal changes to the criminal code in Washington, D.C. It reduces penalties for various offenses. Some wild scenes on airplanes over the last couple of days. At least seven people injured. This happened when we came to the air yesterday. Following a flight from Texas to Germany, we know a little bit more about what happened after their plane experience. Significant turbulence over Tennessee. Lufthansa passenger Jazz Capendall says he never experienced a plane dropping twice in a few seconds. It got really bumpy, and then at one point, all the food and everything just flew everywhere. And it was pretty scary, honestly, for a little bit. That was pretty bad. Um, Luckily, I wasn't hurt. You have to see pictures from this plane. I mean, there's food all over the floor, people's clothes, those uh, overhead shelves came open, things fell out. The flight was going from Austin to Frankfurt on Wednesday when the crew reported turbulence some 37,000 feet over Tennessee. So the flight ended up uh, landing at Dulles in Virginia, where seven injured passengers were taken to the hospital. I've flown a bunch, and I've never even come close to anything like that. Like, usually we're just used to small turbulence and stuff. But we were all just kind of looking around, making sure everyone had their bearings. I remember being on one of these puddle jumpers that had turbulence. It was going from Memphis to Nashville, or maybe it was Nashville to to Memphis, and I was wearing a suit. I don't remember what I was going down there for, but I do remember it was so frightening that I, like, sweat through the suit. I mean, there's nothing more frightening when, you know, a little bumpiness is okay, but when you're thrown around like that, you feel like you're going to fall out of the sky. Uh, thankfully, we did not, and thankfully, that flight did not as well. And then you had this uh, Spirit Airlines flight that was diverted uh, and landed safely in Jacksonville, Florida, after the crew reported a battery and overhead bin set fire. 
This passenger says she was across from a luggage bin when she saw a bunch of smoke coming onto the plane. So I yelled fire a few times and there was a retired fireman that jumped up and a flight crew came in and they tried putting water on it and then another guy got went and got a bucket. The flight took off from uh, Dallas. It was on its way to Orlando when the fire started filling the cabin. Ten people taken to the hospital when it finally did land. The firemen reached in and grabbed it and they got it put out, but it took about 20 minutes. The whole plane was filled with smoke. Yeah, so we finally found out who that fireman is, and you won't be surprised. Rocco Chiricella, he's a retired FDNY firefighter of Engine 19. He now lives in Port Orange, Florida. He's the one who jumped into action when his wife woke him screaming fire. The ex-firefighter who was born and raised in Brooklyn woke up instantly, smelled the smoke, and he raced towards the origin of the fire, and he actually used his hands to put out the fire. You know, these FDNY guys are tough. And it burned through the backpack. Backpack was on fire. That's when I got burnt, I guess, because I didn't feel it then. I moved the backpack to get it, get that extinguished. And uh, fortunately, the crew was there with the fire extinguishers. Now you realize why they're called New York's bravest. He's using his hands to put out the fire. Uh, this passenger says, boy, everybody did the right thing, and that's why they're safe. The pilot got us out of the air really fast. It was exciting. And had a really smooth landing of all the things, but it was quite frightening for a little while. Everybody's okay. I don't know how the hands are of that retired firefighter, but thanks to him, everybody's okay. WABC News Time 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Justin Ellick has the day off, but we're happy that Ken Connolly is here. Well, thank you, Noam. Good morning. Happy Friday. Only one local team was in action last night with the Rangers falling to the Senators 5-3 to in Patty Kane's debut game. Vladimir Tarasenko gave the Blue Shirts the 3-2 lead in the second period, but unfortunately they could not hold on and they gave up three goals in the third to ultimately lose the game. Senators forward Derek Broussard scored twice against his former team in his 1,000th career game. Rangers head coach Gerard Gallant had this to say about the loss. The bottom line is when you play a game of hockey for 60 minutes, you got to do more stuff than just make the real nice passes. We got to reset some pucks. We got to get better forecheck and more pressure. We made some, like I said, there was good chemistry and they made some really good plays. The Islanders will drop the puck against the Red Wings tomorrow at 1230 from UBS Arena. And the Devils are in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights tonight. Puck drop is at 10 p.m. As for the teams on the hardwood, the Knicks look to stay red hot and win their eighth straight game as they take on the Heat in Miami. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. While the struggling Nets will take on the Celtics in Boston at 730. Here with your News Hour Sports Update, I'm Ken Connolly for 77 WABC. WABC News Time 5. Let's catch you up on some of the big stories of the day up to East Chester, which is in West Chester, where a man stole a car yesterday, three-year-old inside. Uh, He took off. Uh, The mother had taken one child out of the car to bring them to the bus stop, which was right there. It wasn't like she walked into a grocery store and went shopping. She just walked a couple feet away from the car. This dope took the opportunity to steal it and then uh, took off with the baby in the backseat. We're close to the Bronx River Parkway. Uh, you have people who are sometimes walking around from other neighborhoods or someplace else, and they are going to case out the neighborhoods. It's a surprise. I've lived here for over 60 years, 
and it's been a safe neighborhood. Probably still safe. The thief uh, drove a few blocks before he stopped the car because he realized probably the child was in the back, took the child out. He actually ditched the car at that moment and got into another one, a waiting car, and took off down the Bronx River Parkway. So far, police have not caught up with him. Mayor Adams yesterday unveiling an agenda aimed at improving mental health across the city. This plan is the next step on a long journey to sentimental health and human well-being at the core of our city. This plan focuses on family and child mental health with New York City launching a telehealth program for high schoolers and youth suicide prevention programs. If you don't have kids that age, I do, I can tell you the mental health issues are huge, whether they're related to the pandemic or social media or a little bit of both. It's not clear, but the need is there and there's not enough people to handle the surge of kids who want to see or talk to someone. So Adams also plans to expand mobile treatment to help the mentally ill and strengthen the crisis response system across the city. And as we recover and rebuild, we have come to a deeper understanding that we must focus on the brain as much as the body. Talking about Mayor Adams, he's been doubling down on his religious beliefs, given a hard time earlier this week when he said he wasn't sure that he believed in the separation of church and state. He thought prayer might help in school, and he says uh, he still feels that way. If you don't agree with me, that's fine. If you want to be an atheist, that's fine. But those who believe in faith, because I'm calling for all of us to do something I believe we need to do, it's time to pray. More from the mayor. I would not be the mayor of the city of New York. If it wasn't that God saw something in me. The House uh, Ethics Committee formally investigating embattled New York Congressman George Santos. Members announcing yesterday what was a unanimous decision to set up a panel that will determine if Santos broke any laws during his 2022 congressional campaign. So it's three Republicans and three Democrats who ultimately make this decision. They all meet and come together. Constituents in Santos's district out Long Island, parts of Queens, uh, some of them are, well, maybe, I don't know, some of them or a lot of them, but some say uh, they're happy this is finally happening. This is so, so outrageous. He obviously is disturbed, and right now District 3 has no representation. They'll also figure out if he engaged in sexual misconduct with a prospective employee in his congressional office. I hope he should realize that he's not wanted, that the people of this district were defrauded, and that he should resign. It's the proper thing to do. Now, I should point out, officials note that creating this subcommittee to investigate uh, Santos doesn't mean he did anything wrong, but the Republican previously, of course, admitted to lying about much of his backstory. WABC News Time is 5.52. Sometimes weeds get in the way. That's the case down in Texas where they're trying to build a border wall. And this tiny weed could derail plans to build this massive wall with Mexico. The feds this week designated a rare milkweed plant which grows along the border as endangered. So they can't take these weeds away, which is exactly where this wall would go up. And so that land should be, as we think, protected. Yeah, so that's Elizabeth Gonzalez. She is a botanist at South Texas College. The Fish and Wildlife Service deemed 700 acres on the border as critical habitat for this type of milkweed. So forget the fact that people are pouring over the border. We need to protect the milkweed. It's the same area where Texas is attempting to build miles of state-funded border wall. The designation of making this milkweed plant uh, endangered 
will mean that the feds will have to fight in court to build the wall or the state will have to fight in court to build that wall. But yes, it is the host plant for the monarch butterfly. That is true. Okay. Elizabeth Gonzalez, they're very concerned about that milkweed plant. President Biden taking a lot of heat for chuckling after a false claim that his administration was to blame for fentanyl overdose deaths of two brothers. Well, he said it's a false claim. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. (laughs) His comments come after GOP Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene suggested Biden's border policies led to an increase in fentanyl, which caused the deaths of the 18 and 20 year old Michigan brothers, the mother of the boys. She didn't find this funny at all that the president would chuckle and uh, she went after him. This should not be politicized. Yeah, upset. The mayor of uh, New Orleans explaining why she gave the middle finger to riders on a Mardi Gras float. She says she flipped her off. Uh, she flipped a person off after they flipped her off, and she's not going to apologize. And I just had to go ahead and just do a little bird flip and say I love you. <laughs> Mayor Latoya Cantrell says the middle finger aimed at her was disrespecting the entire city, which she said had worked hard to put the parade on. She's been locked in a nasty fight with opponents who are trying to get her kicked out of office. Tens of thousands of actually now signed a recall petition struggling not to kind of have my uh boo my madea movement and boo back and forth trying to wait 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 i have no idea what she's talking about there but mayor contrell says says she was given the middle finger it was disrespecting the entire city so she had to respond it was a shot in my opinion not at me directly but the city of new orleans yeah, just another reason, I guess, to get rid of her. She's not very popular there. Prince Harry, his wife Meghan are being asked to leave their British home. British journalist Daisy McAndrew says King Charles III sent a message to the couple loud and clear. You, Harry and Meghan, have made it very clear that you see your future in the United States. You've made your bed and you can lie in it. Yesterday, a spokesman confirmed from the palace that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex were asked to vacate their Frogmore Cottage residence, which lies on the grounds of Windsor Castle. Uh, the same British journalist says they shouldn't be surprised by this because it's clear they don't want to be royals anymore. Frogmore Cottage is a very private, very secure house on an estate where Harry and Meghan's privacy was never intruded. They say uh, King Charles made the right decision. I... I'm not going to provide you with a bed, courtesy of the royal family in the United Kingdom. Yeah, they've become the most annoying royal or former royal couple on the planet. It's really sort of amazing. Uh, They came here for privacy, but I've never seen anybody come here for privacy and then spend so much time writing books and appearing on TV. Major League Baseball fans seeing the sweeping rules change for the start of spring training. Sam Brock says they include bigger bases and that pitch clock that people are upset about. 20 seconds is the amount of time between batters. The pitcher now also gets 15 seconds between pitches or 20 if there's runners on base. So that clock is intended to speed up the game to help slumping TV ratings. The younger generation not watching baseball like we did. Some baseball purists, of course, the crying foul after a game between the Braves and the Red Sox resulted in this game-ending violation. This after the umpire ruled that the batter wasn't engaged with the pitcher within those eight seconds remaining on the pitch clock. It was um, the ninth inning with uh, three and two with two out, and it kind of screwed over the whole game. It's supposed to scoot the game along. There has, however, already been a bit of controversy over the weekend as these rules get put to the test. And for some reason, they've made the bases now the size of pizza boxes, and that has people upset as well. The idea, more stolen bases, fewer injuries with this one. Hmm, okay. 
Let's see what Joe thinks. Uh, WABC News Time 557. Traffic, transit, and weather on the sevens. Do you like the pitch clock? Do you like no. the pizza sides? No. Uh, bases? No. No. I don't like any of it. Because baseball is baseball. Don't mess with it. It's been the same for, you know, what, 150 years. But it's a killer for, uh, you know, TV ratings. That yeah, you know. have a seven-hour game. People aren't going to sit through a seven-hour game. I know. But, I, but you know, guys like Judge have changed that a little bit. It's, it's uh, I, I, well, it's... <laughs> My my theory with this is a lot longer than than twenty seconds. <laughs> I agree with you though, Joe. As a as a fervent baseball fan, I love all my sports. At the Ranger game last night, Nick game two nights ago. Love my football Giants. Baseball is my favorite sport. If I have to sit outside at a Met game on a summer night for four hours, Nothing where better. else would I rather be? Exactly. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. I can remember sitting with my dad at Yankee Stadium, watching the Yankees. You know, again in shirt sleeves on a hot summer afternoon. Yeah. There's nothing better than I mean, baseball in the summertime. Nothing better, of course, but well, <laughs> yeah. but it's done. They changed. I, I'm it. not going to change those rules either. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm brilliant. Number one.